This, this, this is a presentation of the Outlaws Sports Network. Howdy. Howdy, y'all. It's been a while. It's It's been too long. And I'm going to try to make it through this whole thing without coughing. That's going to be virtually impossible. However, welcome, guys, to a brand new edition of Beyond the Current Podcast. How y'all? How the hell y'all doing today, this afternoon, this evening? Whatever the hell it may be. It's fine. <clears throat> Anyways, for our friends who celebrate the holiday... Uh, this is probably going to be showing up here on Halloween. So happy Halloween to everybody. Hope everybody's dressing up as blackface. And uh, I mean, um, I hope everybody's dressing up as um, uh, members of the KKK or whatever you want to do. Um, just don't die. Eat a bunch of candy. Get diabetes. Uh, I have a four-year-old, so it'd be fun for uh, for us all to, to experience that. But anyways... Hope everybody's having a great, wonderful day. We have a new episode that's unleashing today. This is the AEW Dynamite review from October 30th. We were recording this just shortly, a few minutes after it aired on TNT. If you aren't heard the cough in the background and heard the laughing, of course I have guests that are joining me each and every time we do these. It's always an honor to be hosting with some special friends of mine. We have on one corner 375 pounds of cheeseburger, mayonnaise, and porn. My main man, the host of Taking a Bump podcast, Jimmy Jam, Ram Jam, James Beatley. How you doing, sir? Oh, man, it has been. It has been too long since we've had a podcast together. So I'm excited to get back into talking about AEW. Absolutely. Absolutely. On the other side of the spectrum, we got 377 pounds of Zaxby's chicken kicking wings and Sprite. (laughs) Host of the Unhinged Wrestling Podcast, Randall Mann, Randy James, Randy, Randall, I don't know why I said James, but Randall Beatley, how you doing, sir? I mean, you were close. You, you said my full name, so. <laughs> uh, um, can we hear this up? There's a beautiful wrestling show on in almost eight hours. That's going to be better than what I just watched. <laughs> but, uh, okay. Is it called an AW Full Gear? I mean, I know it's like eight hours away, but that's the only thing I can think of. Nope. It's a real moneymaker. Anyway. Oh, I'm I'm literally thinking to myself, what the hell comes on in eight hours? And then, I mean, it's a little bit longer than eight hours, but I I get get what you're coming from. Okay. (laughs) Um, A pay-per-view that's going to have a bunch of towel heads um, sitting in the crowd. Um... Popping to Roman Reigns. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Gotcha. And ladies in full body suits. Yes. But at least it's happening. Mm-hmm. On a side note, I can't wait to see Ric Flair drunk as hell on his pay-per-view. Anyway. 
Um, that's a different wow. show for a different day. I don't know who that was, but hello. Um, <laughs> I'm Callie. <laughs> Callie, welcome to the show. I have no idea who you are. Want to get hacked? All right, Tally, that's enough. <laughs> Go back to sleep. Oh, um, God. Well, I mean, I guess oh. we're infiltrating cartoons on our show, kind of like how AEW, which is interesting. We'll get to that. Before we dive into everything that happened on Dynamite tonight, give me your overall feel of the show. You don't have a rating, but just how you felt overall about the show. I got to start with the positive because I like positivity. James, go ahead and give me your thoughts. I I actually, whatever the hell that crunching noise is, needs to stop. But um, I'm eating my legs. <laughs> trying to get laid. <laughs> anyway, um, I actually, I think it was the best show for AEW Dynamite on TNT that they've put on uh, yet. Um, I'm not going to do a grade because I think they're stupid. Anyway, um, how many bags of chips are you eating? God. Um, One. But um, The whole bag. But the last couple weeks, they kind of, you know, slow drag to build a story. This this episode, it kind of was like the stories are now being built, and you can see where everything's heading, heading to the pay-per-view. Uh, not this Sunday, but next Sunday or Saturday. Um, I think it's Saturday. Yeah. Um, you need uh, another day to your own show. Uh, sorry, I'm used to pay-per-views being on Sundays, but Saturday um, – and it actually has gotten me quite pumped up, not uh, for AEW next week, not only because it's live in Charlotte, North Carolina, and we get to go live, um, but it's the go-home show, and it's the, sh- it's the show leading up to the pay-per-view that week as well. So I'm excited for next week. I thought this show really kind of tied together the storylines and I'm excited for uh, all three of the matches that have been announced. The other one, um, the Young Bucks match, I haven't really – it'll be a good match, but I'm not really that invested in it. The other three matches, I can't wait to watch all three of them, and I hope maybe put more card, uh, matches on the card soon. <laughs> Well, that's a question. Dang. That's a thing called a mute button, sir. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm coughing my head off, off the recorder, you can off record yourself sneezing. <laughs> that wasn't sneezing. He had a bomb go off in his body. Good lord. <laughs> Did Al Baghdadi, Al Baghdadi die inside of you? Is that. Is that your take on the show tonight? Can we just move on, or do you actually have to talk about that? Oh, uh, you want to know how I feel about the, about the show? Uh, yeah. 
don't take up ten minutes of this. Yeah, I know. I, uh, yawn. Move on. But low key was his idea because I don't think he watched maybe ten minutes of it. He fell asleep at the beginning of the show. So. Hey, I understand when you don't want to appreciate greatness, you just want to sleep through it. Understandable, but you call that great, then we're gonna change the definition of the word great. Um, I mean, my definition of the word great is something that's fantastic and keeps me entertained for two hours, not a bore fest that ends up with a porn segment on the on a yeah, I didn't say or Tuesday. While we are on this, while we are no, on no, no, this. no, 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 no. This is an AEW podcast. We are no, not no, no, talking no, no, about because no, no. you brought it up, so I'm going to address it. This is how debate works. I said Monday or Tuesday, by the way. I didn't say just Monday. So. True, uh, but uh, the greatest show is actually on Tuesday night. It's NWA Power Hour, greatest wrestling show. Um, on TV slash YouTube right now. Anyway, um, since y'all bring up that you guys, here's the thing that irritates me. Y'all think that because I critique AEW that I automatically assume that WWE doesn't make the same mistake. They're all boring. They're all, they all do the same thing. Well, hold on. Let me and use it some doesn't draw. Let me, let, let me let me let me use this evidence. I posted a poll in that uh, that group, and you clicked WWE, so you're a WWE mark, you piece of shit. Out of the four that you listed, uh, four options, good news. Yes, some dude added New Japan, right? Oh. And I, and I was going to add they're all shit, but I'm not going to add to your poll because all of what's on wrestling today is all shit. It's all boring. It's all the the same thing. <laughs> yes, mommy. I would hate for you to be in the 90s. Uh, yeah. The same shit about ECW, WWE, and WCW. Mm-hmm. Good lord. That was actually entertaining, though, especially, you know, 90, 98, uh, 97, 98 WWE was very entertaining because of the guy who was, you know, behind the scenes, you know, writing it. But, you know. Hey, for once, we didn't bring it up the first time he did. Right? <laughs> and, and, you know, with James, you're such a big Impact fan, yet Impact still can't draw for nothing like the way that this guy drew when he was an oh, the head writer. Oh, oh, yeah. Drew it so good. <laughs> they went out of business on them. That wasn't his fault. That was Dixie's fault. Oh, who brought Dixie in? He did. Not him. Not him. That was that was Jarrett. That's why he, him and Jarrett fell out because he didn't like Dixie. He got replaced by Dixie. If you knew the backstory, he got replaced by Dixie. Is that what you said? <clears throat> Dixie and, and, and Dixie was brought in. After she sort of bought out the company, and because of him and Jerry Jarrett didn't see eye to eye, they were they he basically left for the same reason he left WWE. He has, and I will quote Vince Russo this is a quote I have a wife and three kids, I really don't need this. Beep, 
yet he still talks about wrestling and tries to act as if he's part of the wrestling community. So, who, who, you know, who really needs this or who doesn't really need it? Without wrestling, Ventures wouldn't have a job. Exactly. That's, 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 that's a lie. That's a lie. He sells records on eBay. Oh, so he sells oh. old records, new records, or? Uh, but, he, but let, let me ask you something. If if Vince Russo wasn't such a polarizing figure, would his records really be selling? Uh, yes, because it's great music. Also, if he didn't talk about wrestling, I'm sure he could talk about baseball. That's half of what his Twitch shows are when he's not asleep watching Raw. If if he wasn't such a polarizing figure, would his Twitch stream be that great? Would his Patreon sell million, uh, hundreds of dollars? And I don't know how many people subscribe to that shit. Um, he has about 500. 500 subscribers. Yes. Uh, you want to know how many subscribers Impact Wrestling has? Like 360,000. Oh, congratulations. Now, I didn't say how much each person pays, because there's some people who pay him $100 a month. Man, they're stupid. Um, <clears throat> by the way, anyway. um, Dixie Carter didn't, like, replace Vince so Dixie Carter has been the president of the company since 2002, when it was founded. Yep. They were together. If you listen... To Jim Cornette, which I don't like Jim Cornette, but he makes a good point on this uh, shoot interview about how stupid Vince Russo is. He explains how he destroyed fucking TNA from the beginning. Oh, really? Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, this will be a very short preview of the debate that will be happening on never. <laughs> 2020 when uh, never wrong that. No member of the elite is going to WWE, and it's not being brought out in a year, and we'll be right back here on Beyond the Curtain where we have this full-on debate. Uh, it's already out there on the internet, so and then writing kind of on the internet. But either way, it's going to happen in a year, so that's a good short preview. Let's get back to Dynamite, shall we? <clears throat> it's not, it's not going to happen, but no. <laughs> it is going to happen, or, uh, or if you don't do it, and we're worried about the bet. Bet was never written on paper. It's not a contractual thing. But if it's out there uh, in the end, you kind of have to do it, don't you? It's, when you it's, still, it, it, it's still not a legal document. Uh, uh, common law is anything. Uh, listen, I take law classes. So common law is anything that is uh, suggested or um, made to seem like it. A handshake deal, so you don't necessarily actually have to do a handshake deal or write it down on paper. If it's just assumed that it's a deal, then it's a deal and it's legal and you can actually sue somebody for not keeping their end of the bargain. Anyways, when this does happen, we'll get to it. But anyways, on to Dynamite. Yes. We start the show from Charleston, West Virginia, with Tony Schiavone. Schiavone. Uh, outside the jet with Cody. They're just talking about the contract signing for that's going to be happening later that night. Dustin okay. gets out. He kisses Cody on the forehead. It was a nice little uh, tribute, I guess. Um, and then Tony and Cody get into a limo as they make their way to the arena. 
We got a package recap from Moxley and Pac, who fought to a draw last week. Um, it also shows some of the off-air footage of Pac attacking Moxley, Omega saving Moxley, yada, yada, yada. Um, Pac gets attacked by Heyman. Um, so now we've got a few different matches we got going on at full gear. We'll get into that shortly. Um, then it goes to backstage where Moxley is pissed to an oblivious that <clears throat> the match was even was, was at a time limit draw. And the fact that his and Omega's match is an unsanctioned match, which means it's not going to count to either one of their records. Moxley is pissed. And this is the first time that we hear Tony Khan kind of on camera, not phys- not visually, but audio, hearing him talk to Moxley about this. <clears throat> I personally hope we don't see this a whole lot <clears throat> because I'm not a fan of owners or, you know, owners or presidents, whatever you want to call them, as mainstay figures on the show. And I'm not dissing Russo. I'm not, I, I don't, I just don't like that. You know, if you're a creative writer, be a creative writer. If you're the owner of the president, stay the owner of the president. You can be shown every now and then, you know, you're proud of your company or like tonight wasn't a bad way to hear Tony Khan, but I just didn't personally, personally, I just don't want to see more of it. <clears throat> Anyways, um, we get our good old Pyro, which is great. And um, we get to the first match. Before we get to the first match, any kind of notes you guys want to either took or have any uh, thing you want to say about the opening four or five minutes of the show? Well, I'll go first. Uh, no, 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 you won't. No, you won't. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> uh, so, while I can see your argument... I think as long as this owner slash whatever is playing inside a character, like if it was regularly, like just to use McMahon as a example, if we, we got normal Vince McMahon, owner Vince McMahon, yeah, it would be boring. But when he took on the Mr. McMahon gimmick and actually played a character, without that character, I I'm not going to say... Austin wouldn't have blown up, but Austin wouldn't have blown up without without that evil gimmick to 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 be off. Um, and so while I understand, like, yes, I don't want to see Tony Khan because I don't think Tony Khan can play play that gimmick the way McMahon did. Um, and so he, I think he should stay off behind the scenes as well um, and use. Cody as more of the authority type role. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, that's that's just a throw back something to what you just said. Um. So uh, that was a minute of waste of time. Uh, unintelligible speech. But anyway, anywho. Um, oh Jesus Christ. This is rated R, by the way. Um, but uh, I thought the the I agree. I don't think we should need to see Tony Khan. Um, I don't. I don't think he has to be on TV. Like everybody knows, he's the the owner of the company. Um, so I would be okay if he makes an appearance on like there being the Elite series on YouTube, 
but on their TV show, he I don't think he has a part um, to play in it. Um, with the whole unsanctioned thing, though. <laughs> Um, with the whole unsanctioned thing, um, oh, it upsets me because my Moxley now has had two unsanctioned matches. Um, this will be a oh, second. It's kind of like he's not already in a box. Hmm. Um, um, look, we don't interrupt you when we speak, so can you let us finish? Like, that's the kind of shit that I would expect from the Democratic debates, but this isn't that. Um, but uh, Moxley, I don't know. I just I want I want him to uh, to get some matches, like sanctioned matches. They want not uh, records to matter, and I think what, the Janela thing being unsanctioned was cool. But this match should be a sanctioned match, in my opinion. I think it should count for record. Um, but I kind of see where they're going because it's going to be a brutal match. And um, But I don't know. I just wish it would count for something other than to destroy the fuck out of everybody. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, on a side note, Randall, I don't want to know what your phone's going to look like after this podcast when you sneeze the hell out of all over it. <laughs> um, just, just wipe it off, please. Um, yeah, no, I the unsanctioned thing. It kind of irritates me just because it's like, okay, well, is every Moxley match going to be an unsanctioned match? Like, yeah, he's different, and yeah, he's <laughs> kind of violent. But I mean, is there going to be just like one out of every three matches he has that's going to be unsanctioned? Like, I kind of see where the storyline is going with this whole thing. That, um. I feel like it's it's not going to be an ownership versus Moxley type of thing, but it's just going to be a loose type of cannon thing that's going to just go off every time. You know, he doesn't you – know, the execs, quote-unquote, don't uh, either sanction his match or, you know, give him what he would prefer, and he's just going to continue attacking people, which does make for decent television, and the promo that he did tonight was pretty good. But we'll get to that later. Um, so, yeah, and decent opening to the show. We get into – our first matchup, Hangman Adam Page versus Sammy Guevara, member of the Inner Circle. Um, I think it's the first time that we have never seen Sammy Guevara not wear his panda head down to the ring, so that was interesting. Um, <coughs> it, it, uh, it's very apparent that they are very Ricky, Rick, excuse me, Rick and Morty um, aspect of this whole show with the turnbuckle pads. And then the uh, posts decorated. Um, I see that they handed out Rick and Morty masks in the crowd. Um, advertisement is is key, and that was definitely advertisement. Um, <laughs> Cross promotional with popular shows is 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 part of the thing, I guess. I just hope it's not it was something we see every single week. Um, these are masters of the show. Um, interesting clash of styles between Paige and Guevara. Um, went back and forth. Definitely showed, you know, Guevara's uh, speed and agility. And Heyman's uh, brute toughness, his strength, his uh, athleticism as well. 
was a nice little combination there. And um, eventually Hangman does get the, uh, the win here. And after the match, he said that, uh, yeah, things have been going so well. And he said that tonight's match, and I guess the win felt good. And he said he's going to do some cowboy, real cowboy shit at full gear and basically kill Pack. Um, I like the fact that they don't bleep out shit. Kind of adds to the promo, adds the legitimacy of it. Um, so, yeah. Thoughts on the opening match in the promo from Hangman Adam Page? It was a solid match, a solid opener match. It's uh, Everybody's going to complain. I know the guy that's going to talk after me is going to complain about the match and and probably how boring it is. But what you got to understand is it's not a pay-per-view match. So it's not going to throw out all their moveset. It's just an opener to a weekly television episode. And for what it was, it was a solid opener match. Um, it gets Hangman Page um, a win that I think he desperately needed. Um He's he lost the tie the championship match to Jericho, and then ever since then he's just kind of been on a, a losing streak. It's a good win to stop that streak and hopefully build some momentum um, to full gear. Um, Guevara though, funny thing is, I think his only wins have come in uh, tag team matches. He has not won a singles match and at all in AEW. Um, so. I think that's quite interesting if we're going and keeping records that matter. Um, I like the fact, like you said, that they don't bleep out the cuss words. Unlike the other show where the promo would have been so much better if they would have not bleeped out Rusev saying shit. But uh, anyway, uh, good match. Solid promo. I want my cowboy shit t-shirt now, AEW. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I got before the match. So, if we can get to um, this Rick and Morty garbage, um, I understand cross promotion and I understand promoting, but you act as if the fans of Rick and Morty aren't the same people who are already watching wrestling, it's the same group of people. Um, because Rick and Morty isn't mainstream anymore. Um, you have its niche following. Most of them live in their basement of their parents' house. Uh, never are severely uh, antisocial and don't understand how the real world works. Um, but among, aside from that, let's talk about this match. Uh, actually, I was not going to talk about it being boring because honestly to me it wasn't boring it was a wrestling match um uh i do have two points the first one being why am why am i supposed to care about sammy Guevara anymore why am i supposed to you're building this guy as a, a top member a top heel in your company you put him in this faction with Jericho and and Hager and um, I guess the name now is like Pride and something. I don't know. It's PNP is all I know. Pride and Powerful Boy. Yeah. Um, what am I, what? 
this dude literally cannot win a match to save his life. Which leads to my another point. Why do I always pick people that they always use to lose matches? First it was Ziggler, now it's Sammy. Why are they always my favorite? Uh, but how, what, what am I supposed to, uh, to care about this guy in terms of if records really do matter? Like AEW says they do. Why should I care about 0-3? Uh, um, in singles competition, like well, there's nothing about him to me. And then another, I think what won't matter when he does pick up this, this his first victory. Um, if it's against someone who has a either undefeated record or more a lot a, a very high win percentage, now to me that comes off as being a little bit more um, unbelievable because if he's, if he can't beat Paige and can't beat Cody and uh, his first match, I don't even remember his first singles match, but I think it was at um, Fighter. It's a double or nothing against Kip Sabian. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which, yeah, that was at the, um, the uh, pre-show, yeah. Um, which I can understand that loss, but and I I understand all three losses. But if you're trying to make him a big part in the in the division, at least have him draw one of one of those matches to at least for me have that feel that okay he he lost because time limit ran out. He might have won, um, but. Now there's no reason to care about him um, unless he beats up someone like Marco Stunt. Uh, there's no, nothing, at least to me, that can be a, a good win that doesn't feel unbelievable. Um, at least that's how, how I take it. Well, I, I can understand your point of it. <clears throat> I look at it uh, as... So, in a lot of other different stables, you have just about everybody winning everything at some point or another, or they usually win a lot. With this, it's like, okay, um, Santana and Ortiz, um, they've had, what, one match in AEW? Two? And they're undefeated. Uh, (laughs) Um, Of course, Jericho's undefeated, the world champion. And then you've got uh, J.K. Russell yet, and then he got Sammy. I feel like you got to have somebody who just hasn't, who isn't winning as much, <clears throat> only because it kind of showcases the fact that Sammy is the youngest out of all five of these people. He's still young into the business, <clears throat> and he just hasn't yet. <clears throat> excuse me. He got over the hump of you know being in AEW, being in, in this elite. No pun intended. This it's a super group essentially, and so I, you know, I look at it. You try to look in and backpace yourself and say, okay, look at it from that perspective. You know, sure there may be a weak link and everything. You look at the NWO <coughs> for for a while. Six was weak, <coughs> and people loved him. Crowd loved him, but he was not winning a whole lot of matches. He was at one time. U.S. champion and cruiserweight champion, but it took him a while to get there. Well, Sammy, like everywhere he went, though. Well, I mean, 
That's a good point. <laughs> I had DX. He was kind of a, for like two days. He was a mainstay. Um, right. I, I think that Sammy. I think where what I would like to see is Sammy getting the guidance from Jericho, from Hager, from Ortiz and Santana to be like, hey man, you know, do this, do that. You know, be a little more edgy, be a little more of a dick, do something like that. You know, you got to win at all costs type of thing. And it may take a Marco stunt or somebody that's in his. <clears throat> in his weight class to elevate himself to win a couple matches and get a little bit of on a roll and um, wouldn't, wouldn't say be taken seriously, but looked at as, okay, all right, Sammy's actually, you know, kicking ass. Um, so I don't, I don't hate it. I see where you're coming from because you're a big, you know, you like him, you're a fan of him, but <clears throat> I like the fact that there's a quote unquote weak link in the group and it's only going to help him get better because he's got these veteran leaderships who's going to help propel him to get better. Either that or he's going to get kicked out and right. join the faces and beat up the heels. So I think either way, it could work out. Right. I mean, <clears throat> I, Excuse. I, I think that's where they're headed with the, hey, you know, having the older, especially Jericho and Hager, you can use their sort of experience to um, – uh, to, to guide him. And then ultimately you can lead it to where either he starts winning after Jericho shows him the way or he's still losing and Jericho turns on him and kicks him out. Type thing. So, Yeah. <clears throat> either way, I do see this being a good thing for Sammy just because, yeah, he's not winning that much, <clears throat> but I think that it will eventually elevate him to where he needs to be. <clears throat> Moving on to the second match of the evening, we've got Hikaru Shida, who is coming back after <clears throat> last seeing her on TV, I believe was at All Out. I don't think she had a match on TNT, um, where she fought Riho, and the winner of that match, of course, fought Nyla on the first episode for the Women's Championship. Uh, Shida is back, and she's facing newcomer Shanna, who was born in Portugal and lives in France. Um, <clears throat> don't know anything about Shayna at all. <clears throat> um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a decent fan of Shida just because I like, I like her style a little bit. Yeah. It's that typical Japanese, um, Shiro, um, uh, or Joshi, Joshi strong style type, uh, uh, moveset, but I like her. I just think that she just needs to build a little bit more of a character and uh, build more polish in the ring and use that strong style to her advantage. Um, it was an interesting match. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Um, <clears throat> I thought it was a good way to showcase newcomers. And if there's any division that needs more people in it, it's the women's division because we've only seen a handful of girls. We kind of know who the strong people are. But we don't know everybody, and seeing Sheeta um, for the first time on TNT, seeing Shanna for the first time in AEW, that was a pretty cool thing to see. Interesting fact, I think we haven't seen Nyla Rose wrestle since the debut episode, <clears throat> which is pretty interesting. But I think we need more than just one women's match on the card, if possible. Yeah. We need to elevate that a little bit more. Um, anyways. Um, Decent match between the two. Um, a lot of high spots here as far as knee strikes and slaps and stuff like that. Um, 
you know, not uh, <clears throat> not too bad of a match, but uh, eventually Sheeta does come up with the win. I see here in the notes that actually both of these two um, were in or are in stardom. Um, so uh, I don't know how long that's going to last because obviously we know that uh, Jamie Hayter, B. Priestley, now Shanna and Sheeta are part of stardom and NJPW bought that. So I don't know how that's going to affect it. But anyways, um, what do you guys think about this match before we kind of move on there? I'll start. So first off, Shanna, to learn a little bit more about her, not not a lot that I could find. Uh, she is uh, friends with James Oathworth on Facebook. Though. So... <laughs> Um, who knows what, uh, she is, uh, she is taken by the way, so don't hit her up on it, on the, on the DMs. Her real name is Alexandria, by the way. Uh, we don't care. Just tell us about the match. I don't care about the match. It was boring. Um, so the, my, my whole thing is I get your debuting new people, but to fans who don't know, especially for a foreign person who's coming overseas. No one knew who the hell it was. Uh, the They showed sort of like on the whole screen of her entrance video and it said, Shanna. Well, no one knows who the hell Shanna is unless you live in France and you watch her wrestle in the UK in Germany where she wrestled. No one knows who you are. So instead of you know, like, giving us understanding of who she is, they just put her in this match with someone that we've seen before but hasn't been on TV, so we don't really know much. Unless you, you follow Sheeta um, and know about her, to the casual fan, no one knows. So you have two people no one knows about, so now there's no interest for this match. No one cares about the match. The whole point is you, you, you don't build your superstars to where we ha- should take interest. I don't care about who wins the match. I don't care who loses the match. I don't care if they come back. Um, and for for a match to where um, if Shanna isn't a fully signed superstar, why is she going 15 minutes with someone who is signed? This should be something that you you go five minutes at most and get over the person who is signed on your roster. Um and so uh, it, this whole show, and I'm, I'm going to say this a lot, this whole show has that indie feel where you're trying to take top talent from other promotions and, ju- and just shove them on a card and then use them to get your guys over, but you're going you're gonna to put on 20-minute matches to fill time because you haven't thought of creative ways to introduce us and to continue to build. Sorry, it's a complete indie feel. Hey, was was WCW an indie feel? Um, didn't think so because they did that quite a bit, where they took a bunch of other people from other companies and put them on their show. And even if they didn't get them over or they won, the matter of fact is to bring them into the promotion to create the international feel. That's an international company. It's kind of what they're doing with that. I don't know if Shanna's signed full-time or not. I would imagine if she's on the show, she probably might be signed full-time or she might be just at a, you know, a, a talent exchange at, uh, between either stardom and AEW or just in general. But 
<clears throat> I feel like most of the girls that they show on TNT or in general on TNT are people that are actually with the company. Um, so you got to get your new stars in there somehow. And right. you, can at least sure. have a, you can at least have a vignette or a, a video package to introduce us to them. That way, when they're when you show Shanna, first off, I didn't even read it right. I thought it said Shannon. Who who could have been Shannon Moore for all I know, um, which would have been dope. I like Shannon Moore, but uh, he. Uh, I, don't, I don't. I don't disagree with you on that. I do think that in some way they need to either either when they're coming down the ramp or during the commercial. Maybe not during the commercial break because you actually want to hear it. Um, yeah, give me some a little bit of a vignette, give me a backstory on who she is. Um, you know, kind of like do with the whole buildup of Riho and Dyla Rose, where they kind of dove into their backstories of how they brought up. Show me a little bit of that. I do agree with you on that. I'm just, you got to have to get these new talent over at some point. But I do feel like they could have done better with introducing them for sure. Sheeta got a decent, decent uh, reaction because people have seen her before, but. Right. And my thing is the second week in a row because you did it with Jamie Hayter last week. You announced the card, and eighty-five percent of the American audience doesn't know who Jamie Hayter is because they don't watch Japan Japanese wrestling. And so, here's how here's what you have to understand about AEW: they their entire market is not to reach the eighty-five percent of American fans who don't watch whatever. They're going to be marketing to the fans who do watch international wrestling and have followed New Japan and British wrestling and German wrestling. That's who AEW is reaching. So just well, because... I hope, well, I hope they're I hope they're excited with their 95,000 or 9,500,000 people who who watch. Because that's all they're going to get. You can't expect to grow. You can say, oh, we don't care about ratings. Oh, Cody can say... We're we're happy with and our partners happy and we've exceeded uh, TNT and and three months from now when they're not hitting good ratings TNT's gonna want answers. So 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 what about um, NXT because they do what they're in the same boat. They're in the same boat. USA is gonna want better ratings. Anyway, back to let me again. You interrupt me on every fucking point. Go to join the Bernie debate if you want to do that. Um, anyway. Um, the point is, let's get back to the match. You like to say that I complain about a lot, but that's a small complaint. They are a small thing to complain about. The match, but it's not it's, because it it, it creates it, it creates. So, so for, if what Cody is saying when he entered says that we have only introduced forty percent of the roster, you can't put a vignette package for the rest of the damn the damn roster. Then how do you expect so, me to care about these people? That because they're I have putting no them interest, in, I have no they're interest putting, in the match. They're they're putting them in matches with top talent. The reason uh, Hikaru Shida um, hasn't been on TNT is because if you look at her Twitter and translate it, because I can't read Japanese, she had to finish up her indie dates because the the company she was with won't let her do uh, American TV. Um, while they was doing, she had to finish up her dates. She had like three or four other dates she had to finish before she could go on TV. Now she's going to be a mainstay on the on the show because she's done with her Japanese dates and can be on AEW on a weekly basis. Um, 
I actually enjoyed showing um, them introducing Sheena. And if you paid attention to commentary, which I don't think you did because one, you were on your phone and two, you fell asleep during this match. Commentary was trying to introduce her to us. That's what the commentary team is there for, is to introduce us to the character during the match. And if you paid attention, they were trying to do that. They were trying to give her some of the backstory. Um, anyway. That's all fine and dandy, but if when you sh- bring her out, when you bring Shira out, and a normal person like me, the reason I got on my phone is, oh, I have no interest in this match because there's no reason for me to be interested because I don't know anything about any of these superstars. So, so put pay attention to the... So pay attention a, to the put, guy. Put put a vignette on before that. Have her do a promo, and then you draw interest. So have an unknown superstar draw a promo, and that makes sense. Go back to Vince Russo school. That sounds like something he would do. Um, but anyway, the match was great, in my opinion. It was a good women's match. Probably one of the best women's matches they put on t- uh, TNT TV. Wasn't as botchy as some of the other ones. Um, and I agree, the women's division is kind of there. I guess you can say weak link and because we haven't really seen a lot of the women characters on TV. Um, so we do need to have more than one women, one women's match on um, the show. Um, and hopefully I feel like as time goes by and they start to get it, and equate it with TV. Um, they will add more women's matches to the show, or um, and uh, I'll end by saying what I said in uh, one of my wrestling groups I'm in. Shayna may have lost the match, but her ass surely won. <laughs> That's an interesting way to end that uh, sentence there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just like how a lot of people, I guess, were going crazy over that chick that was with Sin Cara on Monday. Whatever. I don't know who she was. I didn't see the segment, so I have no idea who was that. But anyways. I was so, I was so confused. I had no idea who it was. Um, so we go from that match to another women's um, uh, segment where it involved Brandy Rhodes uh, interrupting uh, hater last week or interview and then it kind of showed her putting on like a and looked almost like a ritual of some sort and just getting her crazy side out uh, with awesome Kong um, at first I thought it was like Brandy getting in tune with like her like evil self to kind of try to be evilish character uh, like a wrestler then it showed her with Awesome Kong, so I'm like, all right, it's, it's just some kind of tandem that Kong is still, like, her bitch, or, like, is Brandy going to be tag team with her? Like, a little bit of questions. It was still kind of a pretty cool vignette, I'm not going to lie. Um, <clears throat> I thought it was pretty cool. Um, interesting where that will continue on, whether it's Brandy more of in the ring being a different character, or being more of a villain of a villainous manager for House of Kong. Um, should be interesting for sure. Um, yeah. Any quick thoughts on that promo? It left me with a lot of questions and I was thoroughly confused um, about what the hell was going on, but I enjoyed it. 
I'm kind of curious um, where it's going to lead. And that's the thing is I don't have to completely understand what it what it means now. But as long as it interests me to under one, want to know more, then I'm satisfied. Like with other companies, their vignettes are like, hmm, okay, it's kind of funny, but they're stupid as fuck. And I'm not interested in the continuation of the story. Um, but with this, it was intriguing. It was, um, it was, it, it spiked curiosity and it will ultimately lead to me wanting to know what the fuck that meant and where it's going to lead in the future. Uh, Randall was, Randall was asleep during this, so he has no comments. My comment right now is, uh, the Redskins about to be the only team to have won a, a championship in the, in the D.C. area in the last 20 years. That's okay. We have three to our franchise. We got a lot of people win some. Um, out of that, we go to Chris Van Vliet, who stood at the top of the stage and introduced Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, who uh, came out holding the Freshly looking AEW tag team championships, I may add. Um, Might be the best tag team design ever. I like the old TNA tag team championship design, the first edition of them. Those are pretty sweet looking. Um, But uh, yeah, so they came out, did a quick promo before being attacked by Santana and Ortiz. Um, Brought out the old loaded sock, the slapjack. it's uh, an old school, like JR said, an old school little uh, gimmick there. So that's pretty interesting. Um, <clears throat> like how Ortiz picked up the tag team belts and just tossed them onto the stage. And he didn't give a shit about that. They just want to fuck shit up. And uh, uh, Santana Ortiz then picked up Ricky and slammed his ass through a piece of the stage. That was pretty cool. Um, Young Bucks came out for the little bit of the save and chased him off. I liked how usually the younger crowd will cheer for the legends. Um, and instead, it was a crowd cheering for the Rock and Roll Express. So it was cool that they were booing the heels like you're supposed to and cheering for the old legends. So seeing how that works. Um, any... Thoughts on that, by the way? Again, Randall was asleep, so he has no comments. First off, so I, will... first off I do have comments. Shit. Um, my only comment is um, I want to know if this means that the Rock and Roll Express will no longer be part of NWA or if their contract allows them to do other TV shows because uh, uh, they're still on the the intro package for the NWA yeah. show. So they're the, uh, they're the NWA tag team champions, bruh. Yeah, so no, they're not the wild cards are. So uh Oh well Wikipedia lied to me then. Yeah. Um but yeah. So uh that's the only thing I have to say. And another thing is why are they still doing spots at hundred and forty years old? I just wanna know this. Same reason Mae Young was taking spots at ninety-seven thousand years old. Same reason, the same reason why WWE has cleared Ric Flair to do spots at his age. 
I mean, he's drunk half the time, so he doesn't know what's going on anyway. So. That's a very good point. <laughs> That's a very good point. Like I said, it's interesting what the hell he's going to be saying on that. <laughs> oh, oh, this crowd, woo! He's going to get himself killed. He's going to be like... He's going to get himself killed. Our fucking towel hands. I've never seen so many towels. Woo! <laughs> oh, goodness. But anyway, uh, my comment was uh, excellent. Excellent use of your top heel tag team. And uh, this is exactly what I think WWE was trying to do with every uh, up-and-coming heel tag team, such as the Revival and the Ascension and everybody else who got squashed by Legends um, and their careers almost ultimately died. This is how you raise the stake. And you ha- instead of having the Legends go over your, t- your current talent, the Legends take the bumps. And your talent gets pushed to the sky. You Good realize move. you do realize they did that to the revival as a rib because they wouldn't shut their mouth up and they complained to management. It's the only reason they did that to the revival. Still, my point is it was fantastic that we actually get to see a company push their talent and their heel tag team instead of punishing the heels. It was good. I like the segment. I hope Ricky Morton didn't die when he got power bombed through that uh the stage there. Um, I hope he's okay because uh, I think he might have died. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> get to Shivani and Cody still talking in LMO until they uh, get to the arena, basically. Move on to one of the most entertaining things on the show. Six-man tag action, John Silver. Um, I think his middle name should be John Long. Um, <laughs> Alex Reynolds and QT Marshall, who's not a cutie, um, <clears throat> against the best friends Trent Beretta, Chuck Taylor, and freshly squeezed Orange, Orange Cassidy. <laughs> um, Ricky, uh, Rick and Morty provided the introduction for OC, Chuck Taylor, and Beretta, which is interesting. Uh, and they actually came out dressed like them, um, both Chuck and Cassidy were dressed as Rick, while Brett or uh, <coughs> Chuck Taylor was, yeah, right. yeah, no, Beretta was dressed as uh, Morty. Interesting. Right. Um, and then we saw the face masks of people in the crowd who had the masks on. <coughs> um, call it gimmicky, call it whatever you want to call it. The fact that they wrestled inside the gimmicks were kind of funny. Um, Cassidy finally threw his shit off and went to his regular shit, which was fine. I'm okay with that. Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't love Orange Cassidy. I kind of like him just because hey, my girlfriend Haley hates him with a burning passion. <laughs> I love to antagonize her because it's great. I try to get her on tonight's show just to at least tell me how much she hates uh, Guevara. Um, yeah. Uh, Orange Cassidy and Santana and Ortiz, but we didn't get that. She will be going with us to Charlotte the show next week, so <clears throat> that ought to be interesting. Um, yeah, I don't hate Orange Cassidy. I don't love him, but man, uh, call it an indie fest. I don't care what you call it. When you get a pop like that, 
it's it's fun. So I mean, if he's gonna pop, he's gonna pop. Um, I do believe that uh, the best friends and OC beat them. Um, and yeah, interesting little segment there. Yes. I'm sure he's going to shit on Orange Cassidy, so let me get my points in before he shits on him. Uh, exactly what you said. If you're going pop, you're going to pop. I love Orange Cassidy because I don't care if it's an indie fest. I don't care if it's – what does Jim Cornette call it? Flippity shit, I think is what he calls it. Um, I don't care. It's entertaining. And any dude that can go and jump over the, the ring, uh, the ropes – with your damn hands in your pocket and do a flip. It's athletic as fuck and I can't do it and I'm jealous. Um, so Orange Cassidy, he might, the thing is, he's never going to be in the title picture, the main title picture. And that's okay. He's a comedic gimmick and that's exactly what he is. Um, but question, Mr. Mr. Host here. You said if you're going to pop, you're going to pop. And if you pop like that, it's fun. So let me ask you then, Joey Ryan? Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, just because here's you're gonna pop doesn't mean I agree with you. I'll put it to you that. Joey Ryan doesn't pop the way he used to anymore. The gimmick's old, um, and which is going to happen to Orange Cassidy eventually if he doesn't make it fresh. Um, uh, his pop was his pop was pretty pretty good at a again and again. Glory. It was big because it was unexpected. He wasn't announced for the show and. Because of the way his old, his last run with TNA happened, a lot of people didn't expect him to actually go back to that company. Um, and so, because of how it, it because of all of those factors, the fact that he showed up was why he popped. It wasn't necessarily his gimmick or him. Um, and to be honest, I've seen him live. There's nothing really exciting about him. Um, well, you know what's going to be fun next Tuesday? I'm going to just plug it real quick. Next Tuesday, the world's uh, what, what's it called? The world's most fear. Uh, what's Ken Shamrock's name? I don't know. Ken Shamrock, old fit uh, guy who shouldn't be wrestling anymore. Ken Shamrock versus Joey Ryan on Impact Wrestling, the right. world's most fearful manhood, the world's greatest dong. Yep, because that's that's how you get over. That's how you grow. 20, Twenty years ago, main event UFC <laughs> in a shoot fight. Intercontinental <laughs> champion of the WWF. Twenty years later, fighting a penis. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know. Um, just while we're on this topic, uh, he drops the lollipop. He sucks in his pants. Does it stick to his fucking balls? No, he has a, a thing in his. Trucks where he puts it. He has like a little pocket in there. Oh, so he has a kangaroo hole. Okay. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah. Back to Orange, back to Orange Cassidy. <clears throat> I think I just destroyed the show tonight. <laughs> can you move on with your point so I can be intelligent here? I'm done. You can go. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, so, 
I'm not going to hate. I mean, I didn't actually watch it. Thank God I was asleep because I would have probably thrown my phone at the TV if I would have saw Orange Cassidy's face. Cody doesn't want to say he hates him. James absolutely loves him. I freaking hate this guy. Um, This just shows you. I'm going to make a statement right here, all right? This is anyone who likes Orange Cassidy, any wrestling fan who thinks he's over and thinks he's all great, has no brain cells. This just shows that wrestling fans will pop for anything. It's so stupid. Um, and so, it's, uh, I mean, I like, I like the best friends. They're actually, to me, one of the best tag teams in that whole division. Um, and I hate that they're becoming the, the sort of comedy thing. I mean, they're already comedy to begin with, with the whole hug thing. But I, I, Trip Beretta is such a great wrestler. If you, if you've ever actually seen him, um, that I, to me is wasted talent. Uh, I mean, not everyone can be pushed, but at the same time, it's to me it's just wasting talent to put him with this guy that in two years when the gimmick is over and no one cares about it no more, unless he reinvents it some way. No, like, cool, you can jump out of the ring with your hands in your pocket. Darby Allen did it with his hands tied behind his back. Does that make him over? Oh, yes. So he's already, he's already over, but okay. Uh, we can talk about Darby Allen another day. His career is going to be over in three years when he separates his spine from all the coffin drops he does. But anyway. I, uh, I, See, I, I'm not afraid to say that I hate him because I'm not in love with the gimmick. But it's <laughs> mildly entertaining to me. I will say that. It, to, me, it, to me, it draws a comparison to Eugene from 2004. That, a retarded gimmick, literally and figuratively. The, the, thing, with, the thing is with Eugene, though, is he was actually playing a mentally handicapped person. Orange Cassidy is just going there acting like he's cool, doing these soft kicks that the crowd over exaggerates. And we're and I'm expected to buy into this. This is complete indie garbage. Are you more well, expected to buy into a mentally challenged person on a wrestling show or a guy that thinks he's all it's, shit? It's more believable that Eugene, as a mentally handicapped person, would actually act the way he did um, than... Orange Cassidy. Am I supposed to believe, if you want to talk about believable, am I supposed to believe that, um, let, let me get a modern, a modern example of shit that you can't believe. Uh, oh yeah, am I supposed to believe that a man uh, by the name of Bobby Lashley just somehow out of nowhere uh, without any previous backstory just kind of like stole hey. Lana away from Rusev? Hey, hey but. But I didn't say that se- that the backstory to it was entertaining. The segments, now that we're in the story, are pretty entertaining. <laughs> They're fucking shit. <laughs> um, but I, again, yes, you're right. They should have done backstory. Uh, I guess their whole backstory was the whole Maria thing that brought Rusev back. Anyway, you hate when I bring up WWE. You've brung it up more than anything else. So let's move on. Anyways. Moving on to the contract signing of Chris Jericho and Cody. Um, I like the setup of this 
I like how they did it on top of the stage where everybody can see it. That was nice. Um, I like the little banners they had in the corner. I thought that was a nice little touch. They had the little um, on the video screens. They just had Jericho and Cody on one side. And I thought it was pretty well done presentation wise. Jericho can do anything he wants, wear anything he wants, and he's going to get over. Um, he's a goat. Viva la le champion forever, I hope. Um, just a nice little segment, of course. We didn't get the typical throw your person through a contract. Didn't get physical. Um, these guys both had their shots in there for, for promo-wise, and it was containing I thought. I didn't think it was drawn out and boring and dull or whatever. Um, we got the sit-down, we got the handshake, and then Sammy Guevara showed up on the uh, Minitron in the middle of the stage there where Hager was beating the shit out of Dustin Rhodes. Um, <clears throat> he basically threw Dustin's head onto the side of the car and left a giant-ass dent, so either that was a gimmicked-up car or Dustin's got one hard-ass head. Um. That wasn't the spot. The spot was Hager, I mean, slamming the shit out of that car door on a Dustin's arm. That was some believable shit. Um, The faces come out, drive the heels away, and the heels basically drive away. Wow. What a segment. Tell me about it. Uh. It was believable as fuck. Let's just first talk about how um, awesome Jericho's pumpkin suit was. Um, I loved it. I loved it, Chris Jericho. Bring it back. I love your pumpkin suit. Um, But anyway, I I did – I kind of felt like with this contract signing, they were kind of doing a a small dig at what WWE – fails to understand about contract signings um, and they were kind of like not intentionally but it, it felt like a dig at WWE and it also to me felt more like a um, UFC weigh-in type feel um, with the them both meeting at the at the stage and and kind of face to face and I like that it didn't get physical between them two, but the the drama was behind the scenes. Um, that that it, it felt like the story was 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 being told there, and it kind of sealed sealed up the the final push of this series. We have one more week of of network TV before they fight, and it's kind of I'm kind of interested to see what next Wednesday brings in terms of the show. Um, and what they do with this feud. Um, but like you said, uh, I literally think Dustin's arm, if not broken, was severely, um, severely, he'll be bruised for a while. That looks real as hell. I don't think there's any way you can gimmick up um, uh, slamming a car door on your arm. Um, so I uh, I don't know. It, it, it looked real. It, it, he sounded like he was actually screaming in pain. 
So either he's one hell of a good actor or he broke his arm. Um, and, uh, but, uh, yeah, I think, uh, and I also wanted to bring back to what Mr. Randall Beaton said about Sammy Guevara in-ring. I don't think necessarily he has to be an in-ring guy. So he can have his lose, his losses as a singles competitor. I think it shows that he's not ready to be a singles competitor in, in kayfabe and story mode. Um, but he he needs his his buddies to help him achieve any sort of success. And I also think that he can be the mouthpiece for the team because Chris Jericho can't just be the only talker. And Hager isn't going to talk. And uh, oh, Santana and Ortiz, all they do is scream stuff. So um, they can't be your talkers. So you need a second person that can cut great-ass promos for this, this uh, stable behind Jericho, and that's Guevara's role, is he can be the mouthpiece. He's To me, he kind of has that Sami Zayn um, feel of he's going to just be a mouthpiece. He might not win a lot of matches, but he's pretty good on the mic, and he can be that mouthpiece for a mid-card role. Um, and, uh, of course, they're going to show in a Hager uh, low-blow shot because that's how his, his – Bellator fight ended um, uh, last weekend, so they have to get some cheap press for that. Um, I'm hoping we can see Hager in uh, an actual match sometime soon, Um, but I don't know when that's going to happen with his other uh, responsibilities outside of AEW. Uh, Really good, um, really good uh, segment, I think, because if you looked at the faces of the crowd while they were on commercial break and they did a little side by side, you saw the the faces of worry and like, uh, is he okay? And just uh, absolute fear that he might have actually broken his arm. And that's what they that's what you need. That's what that segment was supposed to produce. So they hit what they needed to do. A plus segment there. Yeah. Move on. I don't really care about the segment, but we can. Uh, my thing is, if they were doing this contract signing as a way to get and make fun of WWE, they really need to stop doing this. They spend more time than needed uh, critiquing WWE. Worry about your own damn show because you still can't draw like they can't draw. So, um, oh, yeah, because they beat SmackDown in ratings last week. So, um, we do got to realize two things about SmackDown that you brought it up. FS1 is a premium channel for most uh, cable companies. Um, if you don't have Spectrum, DirecTV, or Xfinity, you don't automatically get FS1. You have to pay for it. So, a lot of people didn't have it. And two, uh, a lot of people probably forgot that it was on a different show. And, again... World Series, not not trying to give an excuse, World Series was on and the NBA started that week. So it was the first weekend for basketball. So, of course, people were going to watch other things. But, again, FS1 is a premium show. So that's why they drew eight only eight, 800,000 fans. So, yeah. Uh, well, you know, I do remember when – 
like for instance raw would on specific days throughout the year would not be on USA it would be on MSNBC it would be on sci-fi some of those same thing you would need a program channel but people still watched it <laughs> anyways <clears throat> um ratings are ratings if you want to look into that they beat them so look into that all you want um anyways um <clears throat> the only dig they did was just the whole contract thing if, if that's i don't think that's a wwe thing that's kind of a industry thing usually contracts signings and in table shots so i don't think it was a dig wwe right. per se I think it was a dig in general um which hey whatever you're gonna test waters test them WCW did the same shit. They tested the waters all the time. They gave away results on their fucking television show almost every week. Right. So, I mean, mm-hmm. they paid attention to their product and beat the shit out of them for any three straight weeks. So, I mean, if you're going to dig, dig. You know, it is what it is. And, and so, so then if your thing is, well, well, they need to focus on their own product, then why is every time uh, Seth Rollins asked a question and I like Seth Rollins but he talks about how Kenny Omega can when he's done playing in the minor leagues can come and fight me like is that acceptable but no no it's not it's not actually if we want to talk about Seth Rollins he needs to realize he of all people should realize after what he went through like four or five years ago with his slong being posted all over Twitter that you have to be careful what you say and what you share with other people around, especially if they're trying to push him. Now, of course, if they're trying to push him to be the heel, WWE can just push this off as, oh, he he was down in the boss because that's what heels do. Um, or he was, because he did, Sam McMahon doesn't know what he's doing. Um, but yeah, back the back and forth between both brands isn't needed. Um, just focus about your own programming. But for Cody to say, we want to be an alternative, we're not in to competition, they do spend an awfully amount of a lot of time to 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 make digs at um, the other show, especially like when they use words like "oh, the other show." Like and, we don't need. And, and, and WWE kicks kicks paying customers out of their shows for wearing other companies' t-shirts. Like they okay, spend if, a lot of time. If you, you know, uh, if you went to an event. Um, <clears throat> Where you where and someone wore a com- competitor's shirt, they have all the right to. They don't want to give free press to the, the company, so take the shirt off. Put on. We'll give you a new shirt to put on. They don't just kick them out. They give. Hey, we'll give you a new shirt. Um, please take that shirt off because it's the competitor. Now you're always going to go back and say, "Oh, but they didn't do it in the Monday." It's different now. Vince is trying to be protective of his brand. Um, especially in a world where nowadays people don't seem to care. Because back in the Monday Night Wars, even though DX and NWO, they were best friends behind the scene, um, Nash Hall and Triple H and Shawn Michaels, and even though they were competing brands, they never made digs at each other. Um, ah, but they did um, mention each other quite a bit on their shows. If I remember correctly, DX drove a fucking Jeep. They called it a tank. 
to the fucking Norfolk. Uh, it was a tank. There was a there was a uh, there was a gun on on it, so it was a tank. It's a fucking jeep. You listen to Conrad's podcast. Um, but anyway, they drove it to the, the Dagon, um, Norfolk. Yes. I think. It, yes. So you and and rumor and innuendo suggest if they would have allowed him in the goddamn building, they would have gone into the goddamn building. Yeah, and like I said, but they never made digs at each other. They never said things that made them made you think. They they weren't being professional. That's understandable because they were friends. Who's to say Kenny and Seth aren't friends and they're actually digging? That's that's kind of comparing a little bit differently because it was a clicker of friends and they're going to do whatever they want to do. Seth Rollins' whole thing right now, though, is he's the face of the WWE. He's probably getting, getting told by Vince McMahon to say all these things about WWE's the best in in the business. This is where the real stars come. He's being paid as the face of the company to protect his business. So both of them need to stop. To, um, but you can I can understand Seth Rollins from where he's at being the face of that company, trying to protect the company he's supposed to to represent. Um, and so yeah. Jericho being a heel. Is not allowed to do heel things and make fun of people. He can do whatever they want as long as it pertains to his show. But when you say, "Oh, as great as the line was in the moment," he, we the people's bad bad idea from back. It wasn't a bad idea when it happened because it made money. So I get oh, yeah, why he they did sold it. a lot of we the people T-shirts. Jack Swagger was surprisingly over more than people thought he was. Uh, in that company. Uh, however, I understand why he did it because he wanted to, to get the chance to stop. People shouldn't have started chanting that anyway. Um, but so I get why Jericho did it. But all these di- that line, as good as it was, wasn't necessary. The continuous digs from both companies aren't necessary. Because um, why? It's a business. I, I, it's a business. You see because, advertisements between Burger King and Wendy's, and they mention their products on TV. So why, here's, it's not. It's not. It's the same thing. Here's no, no. The thing is, uh, is that WWE fans and AEW fans are the same people. They're both watching the the same products. Whereas I may eat at Burger King, but not eat at Wendy's. And so we can pick a side and actually have hate. But it's the same people watching both shows. It's not like the Monday Night Wars where there were strictly WCW people and strictly WWE people, and there was no alternative. I either watch one or I watch the other. They're watching both shows. Debatable. Let's move on. Um, Speaking of Kenny Omega, we get to this next match where it is Kip Sabian. Good to see Kip Sabian on TV, finally. I like Kip Sabian, so it's good to see him on here. Kip Fuck Sabian. Sabian. Fuck your mom. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kip Sabian, Jack Evans, and Angelico versus the Elite, Matt and Nick Jackson, and Kenny Omega. I like the little intro that Kenny had. I don't know what the hell he was dressing up as, <clears throat> but <laughs> it looked cool, I guess. Uh, young Bucks were in their uh, Street Fighter characters, and so 
Interesting. Um, people are going to say, you know, this is your spot fest right here. And sure, that's what it was, was a spot fest. But it was a fun spot fest and looked good. Like I said, it was good to see Kip Sabian on TV finally. Um, even if he did get the loss, it was fun to see it. Um, fun match that lasted 10 minutes. I didn't think it lasted that long, but it did because it was just flying through. Because That's what these guys do. They know how to fly, and they sure as hell did that. <clears throat> um, Kenny, Matt, Nick, they get the win. And um, as we get to the end of this segment at ringside, the Bucks went to high five fans. They grabbed a couple of fans wearing Rick and Morty masks and it was Santana and Ortiz that revealed themselves and beat the shit out of the young bucks and then left. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, <clears throat> decent little match. It was fun. Um, it was a nice little filler before the main event. So yeah. What, uh, well, second to last day before the main event. Um, right. Thoughts on this match. I uh, I agree with you. I didn't think it was that long of a match. I thought, you know, it flew. Um, and as somebody said on Twitter, um, Jack Evans can die better than anybody else can die. Um, and I think either him or Angelico lost a couple teeth in that match. Um, but the match itself was what it was supposed to be, a filler before the the rest of the show. Let's talk about this intro for Kenny Omega, which was kind of like a uh, arcade game thing, and I believe that was the New Japan logo or some sort of logo that resembled the New Japan logo. Um, and my question is, and I can't prove this, this is just something that I thought is there's a certain person, and if you, if you look at being the elite, um, they they released a, an episode called Dead Brother One or Dead Friend One or something like that. Um, is this what they're referencing? I have no idea. Um, and could that dead friend be uh, a certain character who's contract with his yes, company? Motherfucker, it is Marty Scroll, yes, because he posted I see dead people on Instagram. Just move on. Let me build it up. Jesus Christ. Could it be this certain character whose contract ends in November? And could it be that at this unsanctioned match between John Moxley and Kenny Omega, John his contract Mox- doesn't his contract doesn't end to the end of November. So it's an unsanctioned match. Lights out match. Technically, but, it doesn't count. Technically, but R, it doesn't count. But, R, but ROH won't allow him to be on another person's programming, unsanctioned or not. Technically, it doesn't count. Who knows? Could Marty Skrull show up? No, maybe. Maybe not. Is it Marty no. Skrull? We're not 100% sure Marty Skrull even shows up at It's Marty AEW. Skrull. It's Marty Skrull. Could it be something else? Good I think it's build. intriguing. I think it's intriguing, and I like it. Um, so good intro, decent match. Um, whatever, whatever the hell Kenny Omega was wearing, um, though I'm not really sure what it was, kind of looked, um, like a character from a WWE video game, but it was definitely better than that barbecue rib fucking character from the career mode of WWE 2K20. 
Ribby is a great character. I thought I thought it was a piece of shit at first. <laughs> I, if I looked at it, I thought it was. <laughs> um, what did I say it was? I can't remember what I, th- I thought it was. It looked like a piece of shit with the marshmallow on top of it. <laughs> I, I didn't know what it was. I couldn't understand what it was. I don't. It's real I don't, easy. They're in Nashville where they have. You had your uh, you had your damn headphones in. In Memphis. Memphis. My bad. They were in Memphis. They were in Memphis, which is home of of Tennessee versions of barbecue. They were at a baseball stadium. His name is Ribby, which is RBI. Come on now. It's it's real easy to understand. You you had your headphones on, and when I looked up from looking at my phone. To your TV, I see a big black rectangle wrestling on my screen with a giant looking like penis head sticking out of the top of its fucking uh, thing. It didn't look like a fucking barbecue rib. Just like Byron Saxton doesn't look like Byron Saxton. He looks like Brian Sexton. (laughs) He looked like Eugene in blackface. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's harsh. Randall, thoughts on this match? Um, so first to clarify who Kenny Omega was, he is Sands from the game Undertale. Uh, a quick uh, Twitter search will let you know because you know the marks understand all these things, all these stupid idiots who play these arcade games. Anyway, um, didn't necessarily. I'm, I was still kind of not paying attention at this time. Uh, So I'm not going to hate on this match in particular because it's not my place to hate on it because I didn't watch it. But you kind of already knew it was going to be a spot fest. And so I'm going to hate on all spot fests for one reason and one reason only. These people do the same. It's either do the same moves every week or, you know, you got to do like eventually the like 450s don't mean nothing anymore. It used to be where the only people doing 450s were luchadors, and they did it like w- once on paper on TV. Um, and so now now you're doing it every week. Now the move doesn't mean nothing. Now you have to try to come up with something fresh and new every week. And how much do you actually think they spend rehearsing these things? Um, and walk through. They spend at most what two hours. You don't go, and it's super acrobatic. Uh, but if you go, if you go to Broadway right now, and you go to watch a play, any play on Broadway right now has been practicing for months upon months upon months, trying to get every move right. Yet you, and this is why we get botches, um, because they spend thirty minutes to two, to an hour practicing moves that. And then the whole the young bucks mat- matches you see it a lot where you'll you'll see people set themselves up to get ready to take a bump uh and they have to sit there and wait and it's just awkward like it's it's that they're killing the business with all these things like like you did, you, you used to never it's not because because they're going on the fly doing all these fancy things now you're you're waiting for moves to happen and and you're and all these things and this is how injuries happen if you haven't noticed no a lot of people haven't been diving through the the middle rope anymore after the park about killed himself um because and 
I could have told you years ago, the more and more this move happens, it's a high-risk maneuver. Um, someone's going to catch the toe on the middle rope, and eventually when it happens, it's going to cause big injury. So not, a lot of dollars now are happening over the top rope um, until someone about kills himself with that, and then they're going to try something else to try to try to please the marks with these big spots. Why don't we just do normal wrestling and big, big muscular people have beaten the fuck out of each other? That's entertaining. Uh, no, the fuck it isn't, Vince McMahon. Uh, this is in 1986 all over. Like, like, your thing is, well, they do the same thing every day. Well, yeah. And the thing is, people are more athletic nowadays. Back... 20, 30 years ago, you couldn't get anybody to jump over the top rope. They weren't that athletic. Now, these guys, these people that are professional wrestlers or high school athletes who just couldn't make it to college or, or now wrestling. They're, was, no, they're the people or, who are watching these big men fight, and they, they, they weren't big, and so they figured, hey, well, now i got to reinvent myself. This all started in you know, 2003, 2004. I've done gone over this with you guys in uh, in the group chat, but uh, the guys who oh we can't make it doing standard wrestling maneuvers, and so now we gotta we gotta get people to like us somehow. So now we're going to do all these spots, um, and it's in my opinion killing the business. Your opinion is to say that you're killing the business. So I mean they don't care. Um, I would disagree with you. I would say that it started in 1991, 1990, when Shawn Michaels became a singles wrestler. He started doing all that shit because he wasn't big and strong. Paved the way for all the luchadors. And then we get to the current generation. So it is what it is. The whole ROH indie style that's overtaking mainstream wrestling is the reason why everyone who the, the eight million people that have left since two thousand and one have left because this style of wrestling isn't popular with those the, people. It's, the, not, it's never going to draw the same numbers. It's never going to draw the same numbers because people don't watch television, and and general, in the same so, amount. So 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 what you're saying? To. So you, you're just going to ignore the fact that the first episode of Raw on Fox drew almost 5 million people. SmackDown on Fox. Or SmackDown Raw. It drew almost 5 million people. And yes, I get it. Was, it was overhyped because you had Rock and Stone Cold and all of them booked for the show or planned to be on the show. Um, but what that shows is that people still watch TV. This whole excuse of, oh, we DVR. Oh, it's Cody uses the term, oh, people are cutting cable or cutting cables. Um, no, it, it, people still watch TV. They're just not interested in the programming. Because what, what a lot of people want is that old, old school wrestling. They don't want to see uh, the, they don't want to see people doing 450s 18 times and still not able to end. Like the 450 used to actually mean something. Now that's Ricochet why, does That's why. Now that's Ricochet why two, does it that, twice well, every Monday. That's why 205 Live, when it was actually a thing, was the most hyped fucking thing on w- in WWE outside of NXT. Because um, people did but, those type of things. Most because people, you, you, you got to understand people, that. You, 
Most people didn't watch 205 Live to be uh, the, the highest rated time for 205 Live was when Enzo Amore was your champion. Okay. Be that and he and, and he and he was only popular because he he was a mouthpiece and I mean he couldn't wrestle, but he was a character. Like he if he hadn't have done the things he was accused of doing and got himself fired, I'm not going to say he would have been this generation's, like, Stone Cold or Rock, but he was damn near close. You're fucking fooling yourself. That, that's bull- he's a, he's a mid-card small guy. He, that's all he would have ever been in WWE. Um, but you got to understand, and I want to make this quick because we're already going on over 90 minutes on this damn thing. Um, you got to understand, you got to progress with the times. This is not 1984 anymore. The big, strong, beefy guys are not going to always draw the same way that the small, slender, athletic guys do. That's why Will Ospreay is one of the best wrestlers in the world. That's why um, Brock Lesnar, as much as you think he draws, doesn't really draw except to the people like the Saudi Arabians who will pay you $40 million. That's the only reason he's champion right now. He doesn't draw to the, to, to the average wrestling fan anymore because he's not entertaining. Kane Velasquez doesn't draw to your wrestling it, fans anymore. Brock Lesnar, if you took Paul Heyman away from him and allowed him to speak, Brock Lesnar is so much more entertaining when he's allowed to speak for himself. Paul Heyman is what's holding him back. Paul Heyman is the only reason I watch Brock Lesnar. But anyway... Um, but the the thing is, is you got to progress through times. 50 years ago, women weren't allowed to do really fucking anything. Now they can do whatever the hell they want. You got to progress with time. Wrestling is a, a, an industry for that claims to be for everyone. And that includes the small people that are athletic and can do the flippy saying, shit. And I'm not saying they can't do that. But with it being your mainstay programming, it's never going to draw what what the numbers that you got in the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s you're never going to draw you can, you can say you can say the same thing about any sport you're never basketball is not as popular as it was in the 80s football is not as popular as it was in the 80s baseball is not as popular as it was in the 80s and 90s that's with every sport and and when you evolve with the times that normally means you you do the same thing. You just make it better and stronger, and you adapt. They're not doing the same thing. They went off course. They took a left. They're, they turned off the interstate and went down some back roads, and it, all the oh. people who were following them on the interstate didn't want to go down the back roads. And so that's why they lost 8 million fans in, in 20 years. And you're not bringing them back. You're past the point of no return. Wrestling will never draw as many fans as it used to. Question. You say they want the wrestling back, right? <clears throat> why is NWA... I'm not hating on them, but why are they on YouTube and not on a TV network? Because Cor- this is how you adapt with the times. Because Corgan understands that uh, that um, a lot of people watch um, 
internet internet YouTube is a very popular programming that people watch things on. It's very accessible. Everyone that they draw to, that everyone it has access to YouTube. You don't have to to have the cable TV to watch it. Um, and then. But people still watch TV, though, right? No, 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 no. I'm not. No, I'm not saying they don't watch TV. But let's say, um, someone who can't afford cable but likes wrestling, they can watch it on YouTube. Uh, I mean, they're not drawing big numbers, but they're drawing two hundred thousand, uh, three hundred thousand people, um, every week. Um, and everyone's like, oh, those are re. Uh, repeat views no it's not um youtube only calculates one view per ip address you can watch the thing 20 times it's only going to count as one view um so unless you're unless you're watching uh from 20 different devices your one view is your one view they don't they stop counting so it's the greatest to me it's the greatest program you've got actual people who can do promos nick aldis to me is the best champion in wrestling right now um, I get. I mean, the first episode is the highest one just because of the return to studio wrestling. Um, but, how, many, how many views did that do? <clears throat> uh, well, let me pull it up real quick. That give you the exact number. Um, let's pull up NWA Power Hour. Episode. Uh, so episode one, which again is going to be better than others, sure. Uh, did five hundred sixteen thousand views as of right now. That's uh, pretty their, good. Their last uh episode, which came out yesterday, currently in one day has done one hundred twenty-seven thousand views. Um, so that's not bad. Those are good numbers. Um, you know what's crazy though that. AEW Dark, uh, episode two from Boston did 965,000 views. And the one from Pittsburgh that was put a day ago, so in one day, they've done 426,000 views. Again, because you have uh, – uh, 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 the, the people watching that are the same people watching AEW, and it's more known about. And the, how many, Did anyone actually know if it wasn't for wrestling dirt sheets and – wrestling group that has it did anyone know that nwa was i didn't even know nwa was coming back to tv till four weeks ago no but are we we supposed to you know go to the casual fans or not because casual fans just has youtube right right and so 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 of course so you gotta you gotta build your programming to to them if you watch power hour in the 50 minutes that they wrestle, there's a promo, uh, 50%, at least 30 to 50% of their programming are promos to build stories. Because you can't, here's what's going to happen with AEW. If you do match after match after match after match, random vignette, random uh, comedy sketch, uh, Kenny Omega coming out as whatever video game he decides he wants to dress up as. It's going to get boring. Match after match after match after match after match. It's it's an indie card on TV. They they uh, managed to to build an indie program 
that was able to secure money from a very rich guy and get a TV deal because you have Chris Jericho. Um, and oh, when they're down, TNT only let them sign because of Chris Jericho. It would have been harder for them to to swindle uh, TNT to give them a deal had you not had the name power of Chris Jericho. If, if Kenny Omega was your face, do you think TNT would have signed? Yes, because Cody Rhodes is there, and TNT has a history with the Rhodes family. That's his entire story. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Eight months ago, we were talking about NWA coming back on TBS, and along came AEW and said, hold my beer, we're going to TNT, bitches. And just real quick, can you um, repeat how many uh, views Power Hour had? For last yesterday's episode, one hundred twenty-seven thousand so far. But not, every, but not everyone watches the day it gets released because it's okay, accessible but, 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 whenever okay. you want. Got it, got it. One day ago, Impact Wrestling put up the 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 uh, what's it called the match between Sammy Callahan and Brian Cage, which was on yesterday's episode of Impact Wrestling. It currently sits, just that one match, sits at 145,000 views. The Tessa Blanchard confrontation, 30 seconds we saw of Tessa Blanchard yesterday, 100,000 views. Again, you have more promotion. Uh, NWA, again, has not heavily promoted itself. Now, whose fault is that? You have Jim Cornette. You got Billy yeah, Corden. Billy Corden. He got enough money. He's a damn rock man. He's a rock star, bigger than Jericho. He's got enough money to be able to do advertisements and <clears throat> put ads out and all sorts of stuff. I mean, they have enough talent to sign everybody's rejects that are actually pretty good talent, like uh, Damian Sandow and Trevor Murdoch and Aaron's, some Aaron's- Aaron Stevens, my dear friend, and uh, Trevor Murdoch is, I didn't even realize he still wrestled, but, uh, and that 70-year-old guy that promoted date rape on the episode yesterday, um, Joe Safis, uh, the, the kayfabe cocktail, um, uh, but, you know, it's, I, I really don't get your point here, because the audience that watches uh, in, in NWA is a lot smaller than the audience that watches of course, they're going to get more on Why? This is, this is our point. Why? Because the traditional 80s style wrestling is not in style anymore. And the style that isn't, uh, and the type of wrestling that is in style is the flippy shit. And people need to adapt. Can we get to our main event? Yes, absolutely. I was waiting for that one because <clears throat> my voice is about shot. Um, we'll first hit the Moxley promo, um, that he cut, um, <clears throat> Moxley, well, Avalon, Peter Avalon, the librarian was coming down to do his shit. Moxley comes to the crowd, hits him with a paradigm shift DDT. Um, yeah, he goes into the unsanctioned match, crowd booed it, um, you know, basically shoots on the company, if you want to say that a work shoot, all that stuff. 
But boy, this promo was, it was real, man. It was real. It was raw. It was intense. It was, yeah, it was believable. It makes me even more interested into the match, you know. Um, I, now I do wish make it a real match. So that way it counts. Um, Right. You know, I, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. This is the Moxley that we need. This is the Moxley that is best for TV. This is the Moxley that will draw viewers because he's that unpredictable, unsanctioned, uncensored, crazy lunatic that we all know and love. You know, this is this is what we've been looking for. So this is it. This is the Moxley that we everybody wanted. When he was with WWE, and everybody that bitched and complained that, well, he's not that good anyway, is because he was being held back from being this character. This is his best form of himself. Yeah. Uh, so, let's talk about this promo real quick from my headphones. Uh, uh, so, because uh, this is a very important point, uh, this exact promo sounded very similar to if you go back and watch Evolve 138, they made the uh, main event there between Anthony Henry and James J.D. Drake unsanctioned. And J.D. Drake had basically the same promo. Oh, Evolve, Anthony Henry's blood's going to be on your hand. It's the same. It's an indie style unsanctioned match promo. You hear it at any event you go to when they make matches unsanctioned. Um, so to me, it was nothing special. I've heard it a thousand times before. He's this, he's Dean Ambrose, just a little bit more creative freedom to, to do what he does. Um, not saying he's not good on the mic. Um, but I mean, it's the same person he was in WWE, the same person he was in ECW. So. Next. So, anyways, uh, main event time. Get to the Lucha Brothers versus CU. Felt like that unplugged. There we go. Um, interesting main event. <clears throat> Only had like 12, 13 minutes to it. I thought it could have gone longer. Um, I thought it should have gone a little bit longer. Um, <clears throat> maybe the promos and vignettes with Tony Schiavone and Cody ran a little too long. I don't know. Um, but I thought it was a pretty good match for the time that they were given. I'd like to see a rematch between these two at full gear with maybe more time limits uh, or more of a time between these two. Um, it was very enjoyable. You know, I <clears throat> I was pulling for the Lucha Bros. Um, so a nice little surprise to get uh, SCU to win the tag team championships. It was not bad. It was a clean finish. That was surprising. Usually you don't see clean finishes to end main events. Um, uh, so, you know, you got to give it a sports feel in the small package gives it a sports feel. In my opinion, um, you never know when that's going to happen. You never know how a match is going to end. You can't always have the big setup and the big finale, bam, one, two, three. Sometimes you got to get down and dirty, and it's clean. 
So that's you can't get much better than that sometimes. I don't know where everybody else went. Everybody else, you know, they're here. I have no idea where anybody else went. <clears throat> Just in here talking about myself. How about that? Um, well, <clears throat> give it a quick second just to make sure that uh, nobody else is still there. But there's an interesting twist to that. I do know Randall has a very specific comment on that. Um, <clears throat> unless he can get back in here real quick. If not, I'll go ahead and plug everybody away since my voice is done. Um, doesn't look like we can get these headphones back in here. Um, bros, we got to charge these things like the day of, the day before, so we can do these. But if we don't have a minute and 50-second episodes, we'll be fine. So we got to cut these things down. We'll try to do better with that. But in the meantime, appreciate you guys for tuning in to um, – no, well, that makes sense. We just got to cut these things down, uh, which means we can't get on tangents about – WWE and uh, the other promotions. Just talk strictly about the product that we're trying to talk about. <clears throat> we'll get to that. Give us a little couple more weeks to actually get in tune with it, and we'll actually, you know, we'll get we'll get down there. But um, next week it's going to be live from Charlotte, North Carolina, AEW Dynamite. All of us are going. A couple of my other friends are going. My girlfriend's going. It's going to be an awesome show. Can't wait for it. We may do either a live stream, and we may do. A review, I doubt it'll be that night, maybe the next day. I doubt it. We'll see. Either way, you'll definitely get our opinions on Dynamite next week as we head towards full gear. Um, hope everybody is enjoying the Monday Night War, or excuse me, Monday Night, Wednesday Night Wars in general. This is what happens when you don't do a podcast for a few weeks. Your voice is shot and you got sickly brain, I like to say. Um, anyways, I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. Sorry it was a long one. We'll cut it down short soon. Um, you can listen to my boys podcast. You can listen to Tank and the Bump on your favorite podcast sites. And you can follow him on Facebook at Tank and the Bump, I believe. Um, on Hinge Wrestling Podcast, follow him on the Facebook, also on your favorite podcast listening devices. Um, please follow the Outlaw Wrestling Network Facebook page. This is where we'll should be posting everybody's podcast that does uh, get uploaded so that way you can follow all everybody's at the same time. And from that, I want to appreciate my guests, James and Reno, for coming on board. Appreciate you guys for tuning into this crazy episode. But we hope to have you guys listen back next week when we talk again, AEW Dynamite. Thank you guys for going Beyond the Curtain with me. I am your host, Cody. Follow us at Beyond the Curtain without an O on Twitter and Facebook. And as well as you can listen to at Beyond the Curtain Wrestling Podcast on all your favorite media devices. Apple Play, Google Play, Google Podcasts. You can listen to us on Anchor, on Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, anywhere and everywhere you can listen to your favorite podcast. I appreciate you guys. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day, evening, night. Happy Halloween to everybody. Happy Day of the Dead. Enjoy the rest of your day, evening, night, everybody. And we'll see you again soon. This has been a presentation of the Allah Sports Network.